Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. If there's any other providers that you want me to subscribe through, let me know. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. Before we get into the normal show, just want to give you a little heads up that I will be on the theme show this Thursday night, November 3rd at 9 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater. I will be doing a brand new character, so new I haven't totally decided on his name yet. But it should be fun at the theme show election special. Also, if you didn't know, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. gives out an annual Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. This year, they honored Bill Murray. So you can head to pbs.org to check out the show. It aired last week. So today's guest is Julia Hudson, currently a member of Swedish, Barbara Bush, and Dog Mountain. She brought with her her first sketch, entitled Bedside Table, written for Iron Sketch Battle Table back in July of 2014. Julia plays Maureen. Alex Fromm plays Dennis. And as usual, I give any visual information you need to know. And with the sketch, there's a lot of visual humor. So let's get to the sketch. Interior studio apartment evening. Maureen and Dennis enter the apartment. Maureen shoves her keys into her purse and sets the purse down on the chair in the corner. The apartment contains a bed, a couple of tables, and is minimally decorated. I'm so glad you decided to come up. I had such a great time earlier. I'm just not ready for this night to end. Me either. It's been so wonderful. How could I resist an offer to see the new place? Are you ready for the grand tour? I mean, it's quite extensive. I'm not sure you can handle it. (laughs) I like it. It's nice and cozy. Suits you perfectly. They stand in the middle of the room making awkward eye contact and giggling. Right, well, if uh, you'll just excuse me a second, I need to use the ladies' room. Uh, if you want to put s- uh, on some music, you know, set the mood, <laughs> uh, my iPod is in the bedside table. Maureen exits. Dennis walks over to one of the tables, apprehensively opens the top drawer. Dennis pulls out a bottle of Advil, looks at it briefly, shakes it, and sets it on the table. Next, Dennis pulls out a hairbrush, sets it next to the Advil. He pulls out a, cha- a tube of chapstick applies it, and sets it next to the other items. He rummages through the drawer. He pulls out a twister mat, considers it for a moment. Mm, Well, this could be useful. Looking back into the drawer, he grabs the next thing and pulls out a lasso, confused but also amused. She's a playful one, isn't she? He tosses the lasso onto the bed. Reaching back into the drawer, he pulls out a garden gnome. He is officially confused now. Maureen, I don't see the iPod. Are you sure it's in here? I promise. Uh, it should be right on top. Dennis continues to look. He pulls out a clarinet, and reaching in with his other hand, he pulls out a pair of roller skates. Tossing those items on the bed, he reaches back in and pulls, on, pulls out a tray of cookies. He eats one. <laughs> I should have known better. Reaching back in, he grabs a pool noodle, slowly pulls it out of the drawer. Have you found it yet? I'll be out in a second. Next, he pulls out a cardboard cutout of John Wayne. 
He props it up on the floor. Maureen returns to the room. Dennis, what are you... I'm sorry, I can't find your iPod. Well, of course not. That's not my bedside table. That's my table of contents. Lights out. Prop substitutions possible. Video camera, (laughs) tennis racket, strength strength training shoes, a bunch of left shoes, balloons that say get well soon or it's a boy, a birdcage, or a fake Christmas tree. Hey, Julia. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm all right. That's um, wonderful. <laughs> uh, so this sketch was for an iron sketch, I think, Battle Table? Yes, correct. And this was the first time you've written sketch comedy? Yes. So tell me uh, where this idea came from. Uh, so this idea, um, well, obviously, our prop was Table. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I had never written sketch before, and I... Um, had no idea how to go about it or like mm-hmm. what to do. And I just remember at the first meeting with Swedish uh, sitting down because Brian Craig. Yes. Okay. Swedish, Swedish. was Brian so Craig. Brian Craig, Maura Pennington, Bobby Lang, Eric Soika, and me. Okay. Um, we were just randomly assigned and to each other. As in the terms of Iron Sketch. Yes, just exactly. A random team with someone who's been doing comedy much longer than you guys have. Yes, exactly. Um, and I so here's a full admission. When I signed up to do Iron Sketch, uh, I did not realize that it was like a parody or riff off of Iron Chef. Right. So I really like, I honestly just had no idea what I was doing. And I just knew that there was a prop that we had to work into mm-hmm. our stuff. And in the first email that Brian sent out, he said, you don't have to write anything for this first meeting. Just come with like ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just remember showing up and having, like, I made a whole list of all the different kinds of tables that I could think <laughs> of. <laughs> like, I, there was just, like, every type of table there was. I had, uh, it was on my list somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, everybody had their different ideas and stuff like that. And I just remember saying, uh, this could be really stupid, but one idea that I think is really funny is just pulling a sandwich out of a bedside table while you're in bed and eating it. <laughs> and, like, that was, like, that little inkling of the idea um everybody kind of started riffing on and of course because of we what else could come out of a table exactly between that and then um i had also said table of contents at some point mm-hmm. and of course we love puns swedish is big on puns we're big on puns um and i remember brian coming up with that button being like all right this is the sketch you're gonna like we'll work to that mm-hmm. and then that's how i wrote it uh so but then how did you get involved in doing comedy in the city well, this is interesting that you ask. Is it? Is It is. Because uh, uh, I first heard about Fit, I don't know if you know this, uh, when my cousin Ryan said, hey, do you want to come and see an improv show with me? <laughs> he said improv? <laughs> he said improv. Uh. So I was like, yes, I'll come and see an improv show with you. He's like, cool. Uh. Hiam invited me to his show. And I said, okay. Yeah, that's... All right, so uh, if you've listened to this podcast you've heard julia's name come up because we've actually been friends for a while julia and i went to high school together mm-hmm, we and uh her cousin ryan is one of my my good buddies that you know hang out with and t- like and we would just you know drinking buddies hanging out together 
So, so I am your introduction to Fit. Yes, you were my when you came to see Judo Range mm-hmm. sometime in 2012. Yes, which I kind of assumed was how you. Mm-hmm. And I just remember because Ryan told me it was an improv show. He's like, "You want to check it out?" I was like, "Sure." And we showed up, and we were the only two people there, like sitting in the back, like right in front of the camera. Except right. at some point, it was at Shubin. Yeah, it was at the Shubin, and at one point, I just remember college students, or I assume they were college students. I don't know, filling in in like the front row. But yeah. like that show was like my initial introduction, and then uh, a few years, I guess two years later, because my first class was beginning of 2014 I guess um I was just I uh was needing to change things up Mm -hmm. and I knew fit was a thing and uh I wanted to uh I just wanted to try improv classes from being like a fan of like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and hearing about improv from them and watching like I was watching a lot of like YouTube stuff at that point and right because I, I remember seeing you like I think my, I think Ryan had told me that you had started doing stuff mm-hmm. and I just had randomly saw you like the next day I was like hey are you actually doing stuff down there yeah and you're like yeah and I think you were at, like I think you were already in 201 by that point mm-hmm. when we were talking or maybe even 301 maybe Who I knows? don't because I remember going to your 301 class show mm-hmm Wait, okay, timeline. When did Iron Sketch happen within your improv? Uh, Iron Sketch would have happened uh, after 301, I think, because I found out about Iron Sketch from Matt Schmid, who was in 301, who I was he in was 301 your buddy. with. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he uh, encouraged a bunch of us in my 301 class to... Okay. Um, do All right, sketch. so because... And another thing that is true it like that's a weird sentence to start uh your iron sketch was the first time i had been at fit in a while Mm -hmm. like i had stopped going to shows i had gotten lazy i had stopped seeing comedy shows but you doing iron sketch and the concept of it was really intriguing to me Mm -hmm. so i i ran and did it like i ran down Mm -hmm. to see that show um all right so we'll rewind and what was your comedy fandom growing up like what were you watching what were you into um, growing up, uh, I watched like a lot of sitcoms, mm-hmm. um, cause we didn't have cable. So it was just kind of like, what was, but know. like what word specific, like what were your big, uh, my big things would have been like friends, will and grace, mm-hmm. um, just shoot me. I sure. watched, I, I watched a lot. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I know I watched a lot of like cartoons too. Like I would come home and watch like DuckTales or Animaniacs <laughs> or whatever, or mm-hmm. like, not that this is comedy, but we also, my m- mom would make us watch like PBS. So I watched a lot of like Wishbone. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, things like that. And then, um, I guess we like, uh, you know, being from a big family, we were always watching like a lot of movies. Like people were always quoting, what about Bob in my house mm-hmm. or the burbs or um, the party with Peter Sellers was a big one for some reason. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. So stuff like that was always getting tossed around. Hmm. Um, so then uh, what's your introduction to sketch comedy as, as you start watching stuff like, I mean, Saturday I'm, night live would have been it. Like, like, like roughly when, like, do you remember what, Oh, I guess I started getting into it probably around junior high. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I know a little earlier, like, 
I would watch a few episodes of Saturday Night Live, like because I can remember um, like Mike Myers doing uh, Simon, sure, and uh, stuff like that. Um, but I don't think I watched it consistently until junior high. Okay. Um, and then what would have been your favorite cast member? What would or a favorite sketch or? Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think? Well, I mean, you mentioned. A- Amy and Tina. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're going to loom large for you. Um, I'm also going to, I'm going to assume it has to be one of the females. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go too early. Cause I, I've, I've never asked this question because I know you would eventually be on the show on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I don't know if it's early enough where like the Sherry, Anna, Molly would have been the big one for you. Yeah, no, that's correct. I mean, ultimately, Molly Shannon is like is it Molly? Molly is like my favorite, but like the three of them are like the ultimate for me um, because it was like impossible not to like watch them and be completely in love with everything they yeah, did. Because the his, the history of Saturday Night Live, like if we want to nerd out about Saturday Night Live for a while, uh, to females has not been great. Yeah, and that's you know understatement mm-hmm. of the century. You had the original three. Mm-hmm who were you know, the trailblazers and they're they're awesome yeah and then like the early 80s was a, a very dead period like even though there was co- like talented people mm-hmm. like julie louis dreyfus and mary gross they weren't like the main event of the show mm-hmm. in the late 80s i've mentioned before with um nora dunn victoria jackson jan hooks they're another peak for women and then it kind of fell off again until sherry anna and molly showed up and like mm-hmm they became characters they took like they didn't take over the show because will ferrell and chris Kattan were still looming large mm-hmm. but they were certainly holding their own oh they absolutely and, held their own like, yeah like uh my, like my favorite stuff from like molly shannon is like she would do stuff like dog show or Do- yeah. sally o'malley or the joyologist yeah. like stuff like that and like even if you watch um the sketches that anna did with will where they're the music teachers mm-hmm. Like, I, you can't, like, I could not, like, stop looking at Anna Gasteyer in that. Yeah, like, her, like, like, just her entire physical being, like, yeah. the way she held herself. They create, like, an entirely new persona completely, like, yeah, it's not Sherry O'Terry. Like, Sherry O'Terry, like, disappears into Ariana, disappears into mm-hmm. the, the drug lady, uh, Colette, I think oh her gosh, name was. Colette. But, like. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's not. Oh, that's Anna, Anna Gastire. That's not Molly. That's yeah. Sally O'Malley. Like that. Uh-huh. Like it was that a, a period where they were totally mm-hmm. becoming these people, and like that era of Saturday Night Live is very heavy characters. Like yeah, and that's why I absolutely love that. Like characters are my favorite thing because I love the things that make people tick and like yeah. why they are the way they are, and I just love to watch people be who they are. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite things. Well, we've taught and like. Uh, my admission is that like anything that I think about comedy usually goes through the Julia filter. Like any character, anything I think of any sketch I write, she'll see it before anyone else. Um, so there's a certain person, Mm -hmm. there's a certain character that I want you to do Uh that we need to figure out how to do. Oh, okay. It's the storyteller. Oh, we have to figure out how to turn. Yeah. We do have to figure out how to turn that into a character, because uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, Julie and I, you know, grew up in the same town, and there's a specific woman who is, you know, 
everywhere in the, in the town and everyone she is like the most people watchable person uh-huh and at the same time the least wanted to get into a conversation with <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it's, like, impossible. You get into a conversation with her, and then it's not even like you're in a conversation with her. She's just talking at you. Yes. And she's just going on and on, and, like, she'll be even still talking to you as she's walking away from you. Right. Like. The conversation doesn't end naturally ever. It's, it's yeah, walking never. away or, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's got, like, headphones on, and, like, the Phillies game is blaring, so you're also listening to her and the Phillies game. <laughs> like, maybe she has, like, her pack of, uh pictures that she just got developed at cvs or wherever and she's making you look through all these pictures from her vacation and i've been fighting for like two years for you to do this character (laughs) (laughs) because i can't do it yeah um we'll we'll do it eventually yeah uh so okay molly shannon i see that's funny because like molly shannon is my least favorite of those three oh really yeah like i like like sherry and anna better Mm -hmm. sorry molly Although I want to see that new movie that other people. Oh, absolutely. I want to see that 100%. She's supposed to be so good Um, in that. So, okay. So you said you you needed a change and you wanted to change things and you started taking an improv class. So start me through this. Who did your 101? Uh, I did 101 with Caitlin Weigel. Okay. 201? Steve Klein-Edler. Three was? Steve Klein-Edler again. Okay. Four. Four, uh, Greg Mon. And your conservatory was? Uh, With Nick Gillette. Um. Who else in the, is there like, you know, I always ask like who was in the classes with you? Like, is there anyone that's still around? I know I talked to Catherine a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. she was in your 301 at yeah. least. Uh, yeah. So I took, uh, I came up through like, cause I took a break between 301 and 401. Um, but like Catherine, Sue Nelson, mm-hmm. uh, Nicole Zeitz, um, who else was in those classes? Um, Chris McGee uh, okay. was in some of the early classes. Matt Schmid was in my 301. Um, Ryan Birchmeyer. Okay. Uh, like Neil Barden, Sam Abrams were in my 201. Okay. Um, and then you, your conservatory was, became the aquarium. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool structure. Wasn't like, that a cool structure? For yeah. for someone who's not totally into improv, the mm-hmm. idea of creating two characters mm-hmm. and then inserting them into whatever improv scenario comes up, yeah, I think is really uh, different in, on an improv world because at least you're coming in with something prepared. Yeah. Um. Uh. So tell me about the the process of that because I think there was like eight people in class roughly. Yeah, there was eight of us. Um. And Nick, uh, when we showed up, he just said, I have this idea. Uh, I don't know if it'll work, but we're going to try it. I want you all to create two characters. And he had us come in because it's like an eight week course. And I think the first four weeks was just like general stuff Mm -hmm. where we were kind of just doing general improv stuff. And then we did two weeks as one character where we like came in as whatever, like we could literally be anything we wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so we came in as that one character and we practiced doing mono scenes as these characters and just developing what their like true characteristics were and Mm -hmm. like how would they react with these other characters. And um, we really spent a lot of time just fleshing out the characters really. Um, And then he like the last two weeks of the class was 
you know the new character do what new characteristics like try and pick somebody that's completely different from the first one and let's figure out what makes them tick and what's really cool about them and let's see what kind of crazy show that we can put together with 18 different characters on stage right um and then and that still happens every once in a while like Mm -hmm. the aquarium will come out out of the mothballs um but then, all right, so after 301 or Dorn 301, you do Iron Sketch. Mm-hmm. You get put onto Swedish, mm-hmm. and you win that first show. Yes. And eventually Swedish goes on to win the entire season mm-hmm. of that Iron Sketch and basically is the only group that has continued and survived out of Iron Sketch. Yeah. Um, one of the hallmarks of, of Swedish is... Uh, there's at least one sketch that's super heavy on puns, like, you know, where it's rabbit fire. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point where I think there was the one with the sun that I completely missed, like, half of them. Because, uh-huh. yeah. Um, there's there's so many in that one. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, and there's a silliness, but they're, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, but it's still very earnest. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, well, the sun is, like, this weird sketch because it, like, the subject matter is really heavy, but then we're throwing in, like, all right. these puns right 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 stupid stupid puns uh yeah uh now that i remember that sketch yeah it is is (laughs) a pretty heavy it's it's like a really heavy sketch you've got brian or i did it twice and bobby was the sun one time and brian was the sun the second time and you're looking at them and they're in this huge ridiculous sun suit Mm -hmm. and like talking about uh whether or not you're going to keep a baby essentially and so a but meanwhile, I'm talking about like my Honda Del Sol and like <laughs> yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. Um. So okay, and after uh, Swedish, the first run, of Su- uh, the first Iron Sketch was Swedish. Uh, Barbara Bush starts happening. Yes. I yeah. think originally it was called like Babs, even like, or at least Babs was like was the sketch contingent. As I was yeah. say, like Barbara Bush started as an improv thing, and then uh, Sketch happened. Yeah. Um. So tell me the creation of Barbara Bush. Okay. Um, I, you've heard this so many times I at know. this point. You have to be so bored of the well, story. Got to have different perspectives. Um, no, it just, it came about cause we had started out as an improv team and I, at that point didn't have any improv in my life. I was at that point I was on Swedish, didn't have any improv. So Barbara Bush started and, I remember having a conversation with Sue and Catherine one day and talking to them about like how I wanted to be in improv. I hadn't been doing Mm -hmm. it. And we talked about how there wasn't even any like female improv teams and stuff like that. And we would love to see more of it. Um, So we decided that uh, we would start a team and we were talking about people to invite and they already knew Sean and Nicole from Bishbelda that they wanted to invite in. And then we were like, Catherine was friends with Courtney. I was friendly with Courtney as well. And um, I didn't really know Jolie, but um, we knew she was great. So uh, Catherine and Sue, I think, saw Courtney and Jolie at a party and said, you know, come be a part of this. Right. Um, So next thing I know, we have like this whole, you know. This whole group of. Exactly. um, And then so you start doing improv with Mm -hmm. Barbara Bush. And the story is that one night they're just like, let's just write stuff down and yeah. book a show. And yeah, and it happened so quickly. And I remember being like, guys, I'm not going to be here for the show because I wasn't in the first sketch show because I was. Right, so I must have missed that first yeah, show. It was a holiday show. And they um, 
because it got scheduled so quickly. Right. Like, it it was literally, like, Catherine emailed Brian, and within 10 minutes, he was like, yeah, you can open for the Flat Earth, <laughs> and you can do this. And immediately, it was like, we just started writing. And, like, I helped with input, but because I wasn't going to be there, like, right. I wasn't, you know. You weren't going to fight for yeah stuff you weren't going to do yourself. Exactly. Like, so I, I, I remember, I like, I helped edit stuff, and, like, I read all the sketches and things like that, but that was really, like, Catherine, Courtney, Jolie, like, mm-hmm. put in a lot of hard nights for that, because I know Shauna and Sue weren't, and, like, Nicole weren't able to put in the same amount of time, right. so. Um, so then, like, uh, as Barbara Bush comes off as an all-female group, you've also become a member of Dog Mountain. Yes. Uh, which is one of the fil- the fit house teams. The fill house teams, yes. Um, so now you are juggling three different groups. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, they're not as active, you know, like yeah. Dog Mountains every four months, every mm-hmm. three months, whatever it is. Uh, Barbara Bush, because people have moved out of the city, mm-hmm. they, they're not as, you know, prolific as they once were. And even... S- no, All right. For the first year of, of Barbara Bush, there was Barbara Bush sketch... Every theme show, every, yeah, no, you know, I like, <laughs> I just don't know what the word prolific means. <laughs> <laughs> and even with, and I would even say Swedish isn't as prolific yeah, as we they don't, once we were because yeah. two of them are an entirely different time zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like, how do you manage to write for the three different groups? Like, what is the voice? Is there a difference in voice? Oh sure. Other uh, than no boys written in one for one team, like. Well, the funny thing is, like for Barbara Bush, we'll write parts for guys, like. Yeah, or, you just put your hair we'll up write, in it. Yeah, we just put our hair up or put on baseball cap. Yeah, we just get to be the dudes. Like yeah. it just doesn't matter. And that I think for that, there's like a really great freedom in that mm-hmm. because we're at that point. Um, how do I put this? Like if I'm writing for Swedish or if I'm writing for dog mountain, like if I'm writing like a part for a dude, like I have to keep the guys on my team in mind for that. Right. Um, but for this, it's like, you know, with Barbara Bush, anybody can be this funny male part. Like, you know, with these other teams, you kind of have to, I'm trying to figure out what I want to say here. I don't know. We just kind of have more freedom to like make the characters whoever we want to be because we all get to play the guys and we all get to play the girls and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, but you think about it a lot more because you have to think a lot more about what the gender dynamics are on Swedish yeah. or on Dog Mountain and stuff like that. Yeah, because like I mean, it's it's not a Bar- Barbara Bush sketch, but there's a sketch in uh, Jordan Coley where they play pickpockets and they're going through a woman's wallet. Mm-hmm. And part of the humor of that sketch, at least to me, is that it's clearly two females playing two male characters yeah like if i did it with another guy doing the exact same lines the exact same way it does not work Mm -hmm. the way it works when courtney and jolie are doing it yeah so there is like a you can say an extra level of something Mm -hmm. with a female playing a male role or sometimes even vice versa not so much like Mm -hmm. although when you do something in drag there's a different connotation to it then exactly um so with uh barbara bush being um oh, to get back to your original uh question yeah, though, kind of which was how do i like keep the voices separate right. i think that's the idea you're getting at yes, and it, like, let's go back to that yeah yeah uh like uh like with swedish i know we can 
play around with like big props and costumes yes. and like puppets and like super silly stuff and play with puns. And a lot of times, like we just wrote a sketch for theme show last week and we'll write them together. It's not like with Barbara Bush or with dog mountain. It's like, I'll sit down, I'll write a sketch and then present it to them and right. like get edits on it. But with Swedish, like we're all sitting down and like working on the same thing together. Okay. So like, that's a fun thing, like you know, in a way so of the, the process of Swedish isn't, is completely different than the other two groups. So yeah, so like for something like with Swedish, if like if we have a show coming up, we will like we'll all sit down and we'll talk about like what our pitches and our ideas are and like mm-hmm. throw ideas at them. But then it's down to us to like right. separately write things. Okay. Um, um, yeah, because there is a, a very different voice between Swedish. Swedish is, uh, it's not big, mm-hmm. but it's definitely way bigger than. Barbara Bush or Dog Mountain can be like, yeah. um, because Swedish definitely has that secret pants, all in mm-hmm. props costumes. Yeah, let's do it up. Let's make it look it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's at least help the suspension of disbelief that yeah. other shows like. Oh, I'm holding a steering wheel. No, let's actually get a steering wheel. Yeah, and cr- you know. Yeah. Yeah. at least get to that point exactly and there's certain things that i like if if i'm writing a sketch i always have to think like brian's gonna need a very specific prop for this like i can't half-ass this prop. Right. <laughs> like like because uh, brian like he, he he's really great with props and stuff like that and like i know it needs to be like particular and right or right. else like the sketch isn't gonna work kind of thing because like even there's certain sketches with like the um the fish and the, the puppets like oh, yeah you all had multiple puppets mm-hmm. like and then you had the blind shrimp i think it was yeah looking in a different direction and even you were in the different like it was part like it was great mm-hmm. um so with and then even like the video things that you guys do with the mm-hmm. mirror the magic mirror yeah like it's such a ugh, mirror Swedish. yeah mirror is one of my favorite sketches and i still can't believe that that was like after our first iron sketch and I was still like, a ske- I still didn't even know how to use like Celtics yeah. or Celtics or whatever you call it. I don't know either. I was still using Google docs to write sketches at that point. Like we, and like with, granted we all did write that together and like more took the helm of that one. But like, I still can't believe that was like the second thing that I ever did after iron sketch. Like, yeah. Cause I, I didn't see that the first time it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw it when you guys did a fuller show like the next year, like, yeah. six, like three or four months later. I was like, whoa, what is that? You're like, yeah, we did that a while ago. Like, Yeah, we did like, it at a theme show, yeah. Yeah, because I think I had, had other commitments that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a Tignataro night. Oh, oh, that's a good night, though. Yeah, that's yeah, a it good was. night. And yeah. then, uh, but it's just like the differences between the three things. I'm, co- I'm constantly telling you to stop doing things because you're too busy. You're, you're, there's too much happening. It is a lot, yeah. Um, how do you even balance that time-wise? Like, I've asked Caitlin Weigel this, because I mm-hmm. yelled at her about, like, I didn't yell at her, but, like, I said to her, was like, you do a lot. How do you deal with timing? Mm-hmm. And she's like, just do it all at one night. I was like, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, like, it gets hard, because um, I know, like, back in March, like, when Philly Sketchfest was happening, like, all my teams were doing stuff yeah. at, like, the same time. And, like, I was just joining Dog Mountain and feeling completely out of my depth because it's, like, these guys that have been a group for years. Right. You you were a completely new voice when yeah. four or five of them have been together 
exactly. since the team started. Exactly. And they're all so, so funny. And I was so intimidated and just trying to figure out like, and I literally just remember, I was like, I feel like I'm just throwing spaghetti at a wall, like seeing what sticks, yeah. what's going to work. Um, so wait, so how was that? Like Dog Mountain does have th- its own voice. Yeah. Like, and it, it's basically had that voice cultivated mm-hmm. for a long time. So how, like other than extremely, you know, overwhelming at a certain point, like how is walking into this established voice? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, uh, I'm just trying to write what I think is funny. So mm-hmm. like, I'll write, and like, I, I feel bad because sometimes I'm like giving them stuff. I'm like, I feel like this is like not their voice. It's something that I would write, but it's not theirs. But right. maybe with input, it can be something can, that yeah. like w- we can make it something. That's like kind of the best way I know to go about it is just to like write what I think or know is funny and just see what we can make happen. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my way of going about that. Because I, if I try to write something in their voice, I f- will fail yeah. miserably. Like that's it, it's just a terrible, terrible sketch. Yeah, you just have to give yeah. a first first draft and be like, exactly. all right, let's dog mountain this up. I guess. Yeah. Like, um, so you mentioned doing a change having a change in your life and like I, I don't know if just real life or you know real work was just like mm-hmm. pounding down on you but what was that initial push to get into comedy why do you do it why um the initial push I mean at that time in my life I had I had been struggling with um depression and other issues for a little while at that point and mm-hmm. I'd been I mean, I'm still in counseling and stuff like that. But at that point I had been like, I was still going once a week and, um, things like that. And I was finally starting to like come out of it. Like the mm-hmm. w- I was coming out of like the worst part of it essentially sure. at that point. And it was finally like, all right, I've been in Jenkintown for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> like I love my friends and I love my family, but I, need to try something different like I need to like I've lived next to Philadelphia and I for how long and how often do I go down into the city like I just never really did it yeah I I think um not to interrupt you but like and I don't know how many other small towns in the world are like this but the town that we grew up in I graduated like in 2003 in high school my class was 63 and I would say 30 something of them had been together since kindergarten. Oh yeah, my class was thirty-two, and twenty of us have been together. Since yeah, kindergarten. so like, yeah. Jenkintown is a very odd mm-hmm. little suburb outside of this giant city, yeah. where you don't move out of the town; you move to a different street. Yeah, you stay in Jenkintown. Like, like my family moved into Jenkintown, and we already have a second generation that's going to Jenkintown schools, and like, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a very odd. Yeah, especially as someone who moved in eighth grade and it's a very Mm -hmm. weird town to me um so you're starting to adventure into philadelphia yes and so like what else are you doing in phil like are you trying to like see other shows see other comedy like are you gonna am i trying to do that right now no like when you do that then then yeah yeah well then yeah sure i was definitely trying to like see shows and at that point all i knew was like fit like i and because I, I still haven't, I like, I knew a fit in Helium. I've yeah. still never been to a show at Helium, but um, 
yeah I was just I was going to a lot of shows at that point like I was definitely here like every Wednesday and Saturday to like see whatever the improv improv nights yeah the improv nights um and then once I started doing um sketch I I primarily became a person who only saw sketch shows so yeah like I do uh, I do miss improv improv is a great tool and I feel like I'm not getting enough of it sometimes but um yeah, I'm definitely here more for sketch stuff at this point than improv. Now, with all the improv training that you've done, like, is improv a piece of your sketch writing? Uh, kind of, I, I guess. Like, it's, it's such a great tool, and, right. like, I w- would like to... I, w- I wouldn't mind taking classes again because that was my favorite part of improv was taking the classes and doing the practices. Like I always hated doing shows because I always <laughs> felt bad. I'm like, if this is bad, somebody paid to see this. <laughs> right. Like I felt, I would feel like such a jerk. Which like, is one of my big hangups about improv. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want people to like commit to like seeing a show and then I'm just like on the sidelines, like completely blank. Yeah. Like I would hate that. So. So now that you've been a writer on three different teams and you're working with three different teams, on top of the occasional improv obligation with the aquarium, what's something that you've learned through comedy or like what's something that you could pass on to a new writer, a new, uh, someone starting out? Like what's, is there some piece of wisdom that you've acquired over that time? Um, my piece of wisdom would be to know why you wrote, this sketch like why why did you sit down and write this like just know what that is because people will question like and when I say like people will uh in trying to edit and like figure out how to make the sketch better they'll question you about it and sometimes I've been like I don't know I was drunk like I just wrote like this was really funny at 2 a.m um and that's not a good answer because you know uh, everything is drunk everything's funny when you're drunk exactly exactly so but like knowing why you wrote this sketch because sometimes you get feedback and people don't understand your sketch at all Mm -hmm. or what they think is funny about the sketch is not at all why you wrote the sketch in the first place so hearing what those other um how other people might have interpreted it or not um is just a way for you to figure out how you can streamline it into what you wanted it to be right so okay yeah because i something that i've learned over the last couple years is that context like like my comedy notebook is full of stuff that like would only be funny to me because i i saw the incident Mm -hmm. and i don't know how to give you the starting point yeah to make it Mm -hmm. something for you like if you weren't there as well we don't have that that same shared experience and i can't Mm -hmm. give that to you yeah in a sketch like Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's very helpful yeah all right um, it's like normal stuff, right? I think we hit all the normal stuff. We hit why do I do comedy? <laughs> why do I do? Why do you do comedy? What can you teach somebody? Favorites I don't like. Yeah, we went through Swedish and Barbara Bush and Dog Mountain. Yeah. I think we hit all the bases. Yeah, I mean that's that's about it. I didn't. I was never much of a sketch person in a past life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a theater kid in high school. I did one play, you know. I didn't do any. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, you did baseball in high school? For a little bit. Yeah. Um. I quit after sophomore year, um, but then I I I still traveled with the team. <laughs> How did you manage that? I I took the book. I took the the scorebook oh, and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I became that guy. Yeah. Um, do you ever like look back and regret not doing the stuff at like, you know, more plays, more performances? You know what? Now that you are a performer and a writer. I, you know, what? I don't actually that much like I because a lot of the reason why I didn't do it in high school uh, was because um, one, I was just busy like I played three sports I was on right. yearbook I was you know in the band I was doing so much stuff at that point but also um my sister had done all the plays before that and mm-hmm. was like the star performer oh and she I mean she was absolutely amazing right like she was amazing but I growing up being called Leslie right like, I'm you like um, that's not my name like I was just trying to carve a different path for myself that was something that was really good about me moving to Jagantown in eighth grade was that none of the teachers had my older siblings like yeah I was entirely just Josh like yeah compared to now where my nephews are going through the high school and mm-hmm. like do you know Josh like yeah yeah because there are still a couple teachers that were there when we were there yeah well and that's the weird because uh for me a lot of it was like you know my mom and all my aunts and uncles went to jenkintown so they'd be like you are completely like second or third generation yeah so i'm i'm yeah i was i'm third generation and so i would always be like they so there would always be one teacher that'd be like do you know uh (laughs) jana are you are you related to jana and jess kalb is that are you you look like them i was like yeah yes I'm gonna edit that part around, like, <laughs> and <laughs> put not that have somewhere that th- interesting, like yeah. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I that's like not that. like an ending question. All right. Yeah. Hey, did you want to do high school plays? Mm-hmm. All right, see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you about that high school play. It was it was it was a great one. It was Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. We did that really. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, I was, I was, I was old Michelle. Like you know when they do like the flash forward sequence. Okay. And so, like, like the flash forward like dream sequence. So you were like adult. I, I was I was like old old Michelle like she's like oh. octogenarian. Hmm. I don't think I've seen that movie in forever. Yeah. So I have no real basis anymore. Yeah. So that's I don't like. There are times where I wish I did the musicals and stuff. Like even oh, though really? I, I can't sing and there's just certain shows I'm like mm-hmm. yeah, like you should do Grease like yeah, as exactly. a kid like. Yeah, I mean they did we did good shows so. Yeah, they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought they were great much of my family <laughs> was very good in them you good yeah i'm good all right thanks julia all right thank you josh julia can be seen next as a guest on the slam at good good comedy friday night november 4th at 8 30 Then Sunday, November 6th, Barbara Bush returns to the stage as they present The Body Show, also at Good Good Comedy, at 7 p.m. Sunday night. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy, especially the theme show and the body show this week.